Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Future Ready DSM, the podcast that provides employment information for the greater Des Moines region. Today, we'll be continuing the conversation with Mary Sellers of United Way of Central Iowa and the elements of the United to Thrive campaign. Let me introduce Mary. Mary is the current president of the United Way of Central Iowa. She previously led the same organization in Iowa from 2012 to 2017, and then was then appointed as U.S. President United Way Worldwide. Mary, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So, Mary, we're going to hop right into it. Um, the United to Thrive campaign launched in, launched in 2020. Can you briefly remind us about the campaign and, and, and also how things are going so far? Yeah, um, thanks. Um, you know, United Way has been a part of our community for 105 years. We were founded back in 1917, the last year of World War One, And throughout that time, we've been here to unite our community through some very challenging times, through wars, through um, through natural disasters. Um, and the last couple of years haven't been any different. And whereas our goals for 2020 were more longitudinal, you know, for a decade we had these goals and really centered on foundational aspects of education, income, and health. Whereas now our focus with United to Thrive is really set on growing, uh, prospering, and thriving. And so we, we believe the path forward is one of hope equity and um, opportunity for every central Iowan. And so the elements of United to Tribe, I'll just briefly touch on those um, essential needs where central Iowans need not only to meet their most basic needs of food and shelter, but access to quality, nutritious food and a safe place to call home. In early childhood success, it's where our youngest central Iowans need not only access to childcare, but access to safe, reliable and affordable childcare in order to be healthy and ready to learn. And education success, this is where Central Iowa students not only need to graduate from high school, but also have the opportunity to graduate with a plan for a successful future. The next is economic opportunity, where Central Iowans need not only to be self-sufficient, but to be financially stable and have the opportunity to build wealth for their family and future generations. And finally, health and well-being, where Central Iowans need not only access to health care, but access to quality, culturally appropriate care, promoting physical and emotional well-being, and ultimately improving resilience. And then at the center of all of this uh, is equity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, you said that, Mary, and that's just something we want to kind of talk a little bit more about. You know, I know when I was walking through this and understanding the United Thrive plan myself, I noticed that you all decided to to really focus on equity being in the center of this plan. And, you know, we'll kind of talk a little bit more about some of those other essential needs. But how did you all really just come to to having that set the foundation of this of the united thrive where equity is at the center can you can you talk to us about a little bit more about that and why it's important sure um a few years ago as we were um sunsetting the goals for 2020 we brought literally thousands of central iowans together to ask them what do they think the most pressing needs in our community was and equity was a common theme and um equity really um goes throughout our work and has since our founding back in 1917. We were founded um, 
to eliminate barriers and disparities in our community. And um, we need to do that in order to make every make sure every central Iowan is thriving. And in some cases, it's more difficult for some uh, than others. And in our 2022 community report that we just uh, released back in May, um, and it's on our website, you'll find some specific examples of our challenges and uh, in our work around those five elements. For example, uh, one in four central Iowa households are what's called housing burdened. They're spending more than 30% of their income on housing. Um, and for black central Iowans, um, that goes up to one in, one in two. So it's uh, spending more than 30%. So we can look at the data in aggregate, but you really need to drill down to understand who's being impacted the most uh, so that we can um, address those issues. And you know, another thing that I'm really excited about is today we're announcing that we've hired a chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer. Right. So that person can help bring some clarity and strategy around our efforts in DEI. Well, congratulations. congratulations. Yeah. I'm excited to see that announcement later today as well. Then. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, um, around this this work that you all are doing in equity, um, are there are there certain organizations you have partnered with to work on this more or you have you all just kind of been working from the same frame of who you work with within this space? Well, um, so because of our specific focus on trying to get to equitable solutions that address the disparities. We have intentionally worked to identify organizations and programs that reach unique populations. So it might be um, geographically specific areas like a neighborhood or it might be culturally specific populations. And um, last year we funded 55 new programs uh, designed to address inequities by filling gaps and then fostering these new relationships with trusted partners in those diverse um, communities. So um, I'm really excited about, um, about that. And, you know, I'll go back to the stat I just mentioned. Uh, well, no, I'll talk about health and well-being as an example. Um, and health and well-being, one of our key indicators is the percentage of central Iowans who have a medical home, meaning they have at least one healthcare provider that they see regularly. And again, when we disaggregate the community level data by race, we find that Asian and Hispanic Iowans are least likely to have regular healthcare provider. So we work with partners like Embark, which serves refugee and immigrant families in Iowa to provide health education and navigation to um, access preventative care and broader healthcare needs. Mm. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, you know, Mary, previously on our show, we uh, discussed the elements in more depth around economic opportunity and educational success. So I want to give a chance to where we could dive in a little bit deeper to talk about those remaining elements that you mentioned um, around essential needs, early childhood success and, and health and well-being. So to kind of get us started, can you talk a little bit more about why essential needs are important to the community and, and future talent for the region? And, and how's it going? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, um, I'll talk a little bit on that one about a grant we just received. Um, we just announced it last week. It was roughly $1.8 million from federal government. We were one of 32 communities out of 509 that uh, applied. So really proud of our community for the good work we're doing. 
And when you talk about essential needs, so in this grant, we are targeting diverse populations to go into healthcare. When I mentioned earlier that we need culturally appropriate healthcare, we also need people to see themselves in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And so this grant is gonna allow us um, to uh, have a pathway for diverse populations to get into healthcare. And when you think about that, they might be uh, at DMACC or at Mercy College, and um, they are going through their classes, but they might be hitting some challenges, whether it's transportation or rent or whatever it might be. And that's where United Way comes around them to help them with those essential needs so they can stay in school and ultimately get a good paying job. So none of these elements work independently, they really are integrated um, and essential for us to be able to have people move forward in life and for our community. Um, we know there's a workforce issue and we need to reach out to diverse populations and non-traditional populations in some cases and get them on a path to a job. You are so correct. Thank you for that, Mary. Appreciate all the work you all are doing in that space. Uh, so next, let's talk about um, early childhood success. Um, you know, and, and some of the goals you all are talking about in this element around quality child care and kindergarten readiness. What, why are these goals so important for us? How the, how's that going? Well, as you said, one of our key indicators for um, early childhood success is kindergarten readiness. And low income kids are half as likely to be ready to enter kindergarten as their higher income peers, setting up an inequitable um, start to their education. And so a key strategy to ensure all Central Iowa kids are ready to learn when they enter kindergarten is preschool. And although free preschool is available, there are barriers because it's often only a half day and families may have challenges with transportation and other things. So we've partnered with Des Moines Public Schools and local childcare centers to place preschool inside childcare centers so that it's accessible and available despite the barriers. Um, for example, Conmingo and Children's and Children and Families of Iowa both offer preschool in their child care centers and both have significant numbers of low-income and diverse kids and families who are able to access that high-quality care and preschool that they wouldn't otherwise not have access to. That's awesome. I, I like how you all have made that even more accessible for the young young people there while they're already getting the child care in the first place. So that's great to hear. Yeah. And so finally, um, let's touch base around uh, health and well-being. You know, this is a topic that has really been elevated since 2020. Um, you know, we had a lot of people spending a lot of time at home that typically may not have, you know, and really by themselves a lot, you know, and this this topic has really come to top of mind, I guess you could say, right? And so um, around this, you all talk a lot about mental health. And so can you talk a little bit more why this this goal is important? And, and of course, you know, how's it going overall for this one? Yeah, so I, I think that coming out of the pandemic, we're going to see the data in our community really go up and down. Um, right now, poverty is a little lower, but that's, we think, because of the stimulus and other supports that people got. So we think maybe next year that'll go up and mental health. Um, one of the really just staggering statistics um, that we have in our community report this year is one out of every four um, 11th graders in our state contemplated suicide last year, and most of them had a plan for how they would do that. 
And so the social isolation and other factors um, are really um, taking a toll on our students and on our adults. But, and we work with organizations like Amos and Children and Families of Iowa and others that are addressing mental health needs in our community and work with them to try to um, support their efforts in serving, um, serving folks with their mental health. That's awesome. That's good to know. So um, overall, um, around just these different elements, United Thrive as a whole, how can an individual or even, you know, organizations, how can they come alongside and, and really be a part of the, the efforts you all are trying to uplift through the United Thrive plan? Yeah, so a couple of things I would say there, if, you know, we have a lot of our corporate partners that have their corporate social responsibility or environmental, social, and governance goals for their company. So there might be elements within these five uh, that align really well with that company. And they, they, um, they support not only overall United Way, but they might get engaged with a volunteer project or something that's aligned with their CSR and ESG um, goals. Mm-hmm. The, um, you know, funded partners, um, there's a toolkit on our website. We have every partner that we fund listed under all of these elements. So people can go there and see who we're funding around this. And if you're, if there's an organization that would like to get engaged in the work, there's a toolkit uh, right on our website that they can go to and use um, to start that conversation. And then for individuals, you know, I would say, that there are three main ways that individuals can get involved. You know, we have over 300 volunteer leaders doing the work of United Way. So there's always volunteer opportunities within United Way. But I would say that um, if someone's passionate aligns with one of these elements, they can give funding, uh, they can advocate, and they can uh, volunteer along those passions. And those are, and each of those are equally as important. You know, the policy helps frame our work. The volunteerism, you know, you look at our third grade reading uh, scores, our proficiency, and they're down. They're down dramatically. So we need people to read to these little ones. The, all the funding in the world isn't going to achieve what we need to achieve by reading to these little ones. So there are so many ways people can get involved. And, you know, what, what folks will see throughout the community is we're using a puzzle to depict our work in United Tribes. Similar to what we were saying earlier, they're all in our connected. Um, You know, sometimes you get a thousand piece puzzle and uh, you need every piece in order to solve that puzzle. And, you know, the other thing I would say is sometimes you get into that puzzle and you kind of get turned around a bit and you have to step back and look at the picture on the box and then re-engage. And that's really United Way's role in our community is to connect the sectors and people with lived experience and work together to figure out how we can find a solution for the puzzle. That's awesome. No, I I I, uh, I appreciate all the work you all have been doing in this space. Um, you know, you know, last time I had you on, of course, I always have my my questions that I kind of end each podcast with. And you know, we've been we've been talking about equity today, and you know, the last time you kind of you know were able to touch upon why you felt um, DEI was in, was critical to the future of our region and. You know, since you've had this year and you've really been kind of able to dive a little deeper into this United Thrive, I, I wanted to circle back and just see, do you have any uh, additional thoughts or comments around why DEI is important to uh, the region moving forward? Yeah, I, um, 
it's critical when you look at the changing demographics over time. And, um, you know, that is going to be important for us to draw a workforce that we need. Again, going back to the healthcare example, people need to be able to see themselves in uh, the workforce. And so I think that's an important piece. And then I go back to, um, you know, the data and the barriers and um, it's real. We've got some, you know, real issues. We've got in some neighborhoods in our community, we have 20% of the, of the working population is in extreme poverty. They're working, but they're in some pockets in our community, 20% are, extreme, are in extreme poverty, meaning they don't know how they're gonna put food on the table for their next meal. So, you know, that is a moral mandate uh, for us to um, be able to address the inequities that exist in our community. That's awesome, thank you, Mary. So, my last question is, I know you, you know, you, you came back for more to United, you know, the United Way of Central Iowa for us. You, you signed back up for another tour. So, you know, what, what's keeping Mary Sellers going every day to continue to be this champion in this space for us? What, what keeps you optimistic and coming back? You know, to be honest, uh, we just did our board orientations uh, last week. So those volunteer leaders came together and um, was just doing some training around United Way. And as I got ready for those meetings, I went back. We have a list of every board chair and every campaign chair going back to 1917. And so as we came together to do the training on how we're going to execute our work, I couldn't help but think of that happening for 105 years. People in our community coming together, you know, the end of World War I, it's not about me, it's about people that are more in need than I am. And that's really the ethos of this community. Uh, we help each other. We want to get engaged. We want to advance. And uh, I really think it's unique. You know, when I was U.S. president, I got to go to a lot of communities around this country. And um, Des Moines is unique in that way. So the fact that for a century, people in this community have been doing that. And, uh, you know, the saying goes, you stand on the shoulders of giants. And you know, we're stewards of this organization for a finite period of time, and we owe it to those that came before us and those that come after us uh, to do what we can to advance. All right. Well, thank you, Mary, uh, for joining us today and, and really just providing us a lot of great content. For those that, that were able to join us today, please just go to, to United Way Central Iowa's website and you can learn more about the United to Thrive campaign and all the great work they're doing. Thank you for joining us for our latest episode of Future Ready DSM, where you can find the podcast wherever you download any of your podcasts from Apple to Spotify, wherever you may download your podcast, you can find Future Ready DSM. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you for listening to the Future Ready DSM podcast produced by the Greater Des Moines Partnership. To hear from more leaders and experts on the latest trends in talent development, please visit dsmpartnership.com.